Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Blockhash Podcast. We have another great episode for you today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow wherever you are tuning in. Hold tight for just a second as we play a quick advertisement and countdown video while we wait for everyone to join. Thank you and we hope that you enjoy the episode. community this medium so i was like I'll, I'll check them out i have kind of a good feeling i don't know what he's talking about so i look at them and i'm like dude like how do you have like everything involved in blockchain into these like are these legitimate and the more i looked at them i was like yes like i don't even know what you need me for but yes and that's kind of how i got started that was six months ago constantine's beginnings to this is a great story so i think he'll lead you into the time he was in his backyard kind of checking out the barcode on the water bottle and thinking, why isn't this on a blockchain network? That's, that's kind of where I come into the equation. Constantine, take over, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. That was the, I, I want to... Oh, go ahead. I just want to preface uh, my involvement in, in concert with Sam. So Sam and I already knew each other. Sam had given me a shout in the eastern part up here in Canada, the Toronto area. And uh, I've got 35 years. I sold the first PC with two floppy drives. I oh, sold wow. the first first hard drive that was 18 inches by 12 inches by 10 inches high with a 14-inch platter. And that hard drive had a 5-megabyte capacity. We said we would never fill it. So, Brandon, I've been doing this for 35 years. I've been in IT infrastructure for that long. I'm right now involved in some ransomware and cyber attack type of solutions. And blockchain is that piece of technology that's going to replace traditional IT infrastructure. The stuff today that's getting hacked every day, getting compromised every day, people are, they're paying their ransomwares and cyber fees through Bitcoin, you know, a safe environment to pass money through. Well, guess what that is? Blockchain. So that's my, it, isn't it? that's my input into this process. I am with Sam. We're partnered with Constantine and, and our mission is to take the licensing capabilities of this patent out to the, to the enterprises, to the world, to end users, to governments. That's my quick summary on where, I, where I'm at with this. I want to give Constantine the floor to, to, to tell the story because it's amazing. Well, to summarize it in a very short uh, format, basically this invention came about by me having my identity compromised. Basically, they stole my identity. They tried to get loans, and I had to shut down everything. So one day I was in, in the backyard sitting down, and this was when I was getting involved with blockchain and cryptocurrency. Uh, 2015, 2016. And uh, I was like, there's got to be a better way to accomplish uh, the goal of protecting yourself against uh, nefarious individuals. And as I'm sitting there smoking a cigarette, looking at my cigarettes and uh, a bottle of water, as Sam alluded to, and then I basically had that light bulb moment. I'm looking and I'm, I'm noticing the cigarettes have a QR code and a barcode. So does the water bottle. So even my my uh, lighter had the, the barcode on it, the sticker. And I was like, that's it. That's the common denominator. 
So from there, it became whirlwind uh, process of diving off the deep end of the pool and going into this full for, uh, face first, just not feet first, face first, and discovering how we could apply this technology to everyday life so that people could be secure in the knowledge that their identities won't be compromised, their properties won't be stolen, their vehicles won't be uh, compromised. You name it, I thought of it. And I came up with the idea and I said, and I had to do the process of going to the patent attorneys, uh, flying out to India, spending three and a half, almost four months there, um, because I, I don't know how to program. So I had to get programmers and show them my vision and then sit them in a room and come up with the most direct line from A to B. Not this corporate uh, convoluted method of tokenization. I just needed a simple, eloquent solution to everyday problems that everybody could implement. Companies, uh, uh, to governments, to your everyday layperson. And that's how this invention came to be. Yeah, Brandon, these are omnibus patents, which make them also very unique. There's two patents because it was way too big to fit in one. Uh, there's probably 400 to 500 pages of information about the patents. And if you look at the patent scenario today in the world for blockchain, it is all tied up in and was started, uh, I think it was 2014, in the cryptocurrency marketplace. Blockchain was developed purely to have a safe and secure environment to move money around and that nobody could access it. So in the last nine years, we've had a ransomware cyber attack happen every 11 seconds around the world. And companies are losing millions and millions of dollars because they're not using a safe and secure way to protect their information, to Constantine's point. It could be your ID. It could be your driver's license. It could be your health card number. It could be your passport number. It could be uh, key access to a device like a car. So blockchain is the next generation of safe and secure storage that cannot be hacked. So companies now, there's we checked out the other day uh, with a patent law office. There's been 290 patents filed for blockchain technology by 75 companies, as Constantine mentioned, the Microsofts of the world, the Oracles of the world. All the IT firms are now filing patents to develop and bring to their marketplaces uh, the technology for their customer base. But all of them are using patents of some way, shape, or form. And this is our role and our responsibility is to go out and figure out what are these companies using? What do they need? Do they need an upgrade or a further license to to increase their protection and so on? So this evolution of infrastructure reinventing is taking an existing technology and placing it in organizations where traditional hard drives and storage rooms and hybrid storage, cloud storage exists and giving giving them that level of protection and safety they need to avoid um, having their, their businesses interrupted by uh, by hackers. Absolutely. Can you guys give me some examples of what some of those patents look like that you guys have been able to acquire? And then maybe the ways that you could see those being applied to society or uh, economics or other technologies or other parts of industry. Yeah, sure. We'd love to explain that. So there's a bunch of use cases. There's many industries, whether it's automotive or healthcare. We'll focus on one of them first because these are really big ones, right? So we've got something we originally called the ClearCheck technology. Now, this is an app-based program where the identity of an individual in the realm of healthcare is all stored on the blockchain network. 
So conceptualize a world where you have an app, you know, usually probably approved by a government entity because that's what we're envisioning and that's some of the discussions we're having right now. Okay, creates this revolutionary app with blockchain network on it. So every time from an infant until you're an adult, every visit to a healthcare practitioner is stored on the blockchain network on immutable storage, right? So what does this do for you? Well, say you travel to a different country, right? And you get in a crisis, you need to go to a hospital. Well, you can easily pull up all your healthcare information on one app, right? That's secure, the storage is good, that's transparent, right? So the healthcare practitioner there, person in the emergency room knows exactly what medication to give you. So stuff like this can save lives too. And if we think about something like, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen, obviously, a future pandemic. Well, we have stored the individuals who have gotten the vaccines on the blockchain network on this app. And if it's, you know, government regulated, it could be mandated for all citizens. So that could help the data transparency to prevent uh, future pandemics and endemics. So that's one use case. It's a really big one. There's a lot of identity um, incorporated into our patents. Another one would be in the automotive sector, right? So we have something we originally called the e-key system. Now, this is a digital unlocking system for your car. So I'll explain it to you like this. So, you know, I go to the airport, I drop off my car, I go to France. Now, my brother, being the buffoon he is, left something really important in the car. So I need to give him access and there's no physical key, right? So on my phone, I permit access to him on the blockchain network. So he is allowed to go and securely unlock his car and nobody can tamper with this, right? So nobody can hack the technology who's utilizing the blockchain network. And uh, I can take access back after that. So he's not able to use it anymore. So these are two of the pretty big, I would say, you guys can probably agree, use cases and industries that we're working in. But there's many more. Like I said, A to Z, when I say A to Z, we really mean it. So everything from military to insurance, um, you name it, is covered. I think, yeah, I think Constantine can maybe explain a little bit more now. Well, yeah, there are people that are out there that basically take a person's property and double and triple sell it. And by the time the original homeowner gets wind of it, his property's in... Uh, purgatory trying to figure out who owns what and where and he's unaware that it's been sold three times um, with this implementation uh, this won't be possible because in real time if something were to transpire in that course of events uh, the blockchain would say hey wait a minute this has already been sold or you can't there's not a new serial number because you'd have to create a brand new serial number for the deed so again this stops theft of goods identity, data, um, it simplifies the entire system and it also saves industry trillions of dollars, not billions, trillions. Uh, you could, um, uh, human resources uh, on a government level, uh, just the US on, um, within a three year period, you could save them $1.3 trillion in a three year period because the left hand and the right hand don't know what's going on. But when they both are in the know, now you're cutting down on waste on and time. And time is the most precious and actually expensive commodity there is because you're paying people to execute and they're not aware of other parties doing uh, multiple or even uh, triple the job. You, you could have three people doing the exact same thing. So you save time and effort and money by cutting it down 
simplifying it and making it more ergonomic, so to speak. Yeah, that's Constantine is, is right on. And, you know, you think about the number of uh, reported hacks and cyber attacks that go on every day. Um, a good example, uh, is, there's a there's a retail chain that I'm aware of that was hacked once and they decided to publish in the newscast that they had been hacked. They claimed they will not pay the ransom. And then they posted another uh, another um, news update a few days later, and they said basically our employees' data will be on the dark web by Friday. Nice. So, so to Constantine's point, companies are holding back right now. We've all heard of biometrics. Biometrics is facial recognition software that you can walk through an airport, they get your picture, and they already know who you are, what you are, and why you're there, and everything else. The problem with that is in today's world, the data is being stored in traditional environments where Customers are fighting back and saying, I don't want my information on your network. So I'll let you do so much of it, uh, but not all of it, not store it all. So therefore, the, the whole function gets gets diminished uh, in terms of saving time. And the risk is there that this, uh, this environment could be hacked and people's data could be out there for, for the public's consumption. So um, many industries, as, as, uh, as Sam said, uh, governments themselves who are mandating um, healthcare, for example, like a like a national healthcare program. 100%. Uh, you know, you, you need you need that level of security and protection of everybody's information and data. And you should be able to walk into any hospital, any facility, any clinic, any doctor's office, and have something to say, "Hey, this is who I am." Or if I'm unconscious and I'm hurt, somebody can access the information. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the biggest things that Constantine did, in my opinion, maybe you guys could argue, is that. We go right from a barcode or a microchip right to the blockchain network. If you look at companies like UPS, they're using a tokenized system, which makes the process a little bit cumbersome, right? So think convoluted. of the efficiency, convoluted, and you know money you could save by barcode or microchip directly to the blockchain network, right? So think of all those packages that go missing and don't have the transparency of a blockchain system to find them. Expensive goods, stuff like this. So another company, FedEx, is really leading the charge. They're predicting that by 26, we're going to see, you know, a market cap of 3.3 billion for blockchain networks on the uh, global supply system, right? So we we actually think that's undercutting it a little bit, but FedEx is definitely leading the charge and in incorporating new blockchain constant blockchain technology constantly to upgrade their system and make it more efficient. But imagine what they could do uh, with what we have. So that's kind of a really interesting take too, and a whole other industry. But we could we could go on about that. But I won't spend too well, much. Well, to your point, also, mm -hmm. Sam, it's also with the tokenized method. It's also implementing a brand new system, which you're asking companies to upgrade their systems, which is at the end of the day, it's going to increase their bottom line expenditures. Whereas with mine, I'm taking existing technology, GS1 barcodes. They universal. Where name a product, and look at it. And you'll find a, uh, a barcode. Uh, take your driver's license out, your passport. There's a barcode out. It's a GS1 barcode. It's universal, worldwide. So what I did is basically I just took existing technologies, combined them in such a way that nobody's ever done it in such a way to create a brand new technology that's easy. It's basically monkey-proof. <laughs> um, you're making it monkey-proof so that anybody can use it. And it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to upgrade your systems. Yeah, this is very fascinating. I feel like it can be applied to so many different types of markets in various different ways, which you guys have obviously 
explored already. Is the goal to license this out to the Microsofts, Amazons, Googles of the world, yeah. to the to government, to small startups? Is that a process you guys have started or working on? Well, that that is the that is the plan. Is exactly that. Um, it's a horizontal market. Anybody that's implementing. Uh, or has blockchain technology from a, a vendor already, because they are already providing solutions to companies mentioned earlier, like Microsoft and Oracle and, and those types of environments. They, they're holding patents. They're, they have patents, but we do, we, we're investigating what what capacity are they are they protected up to, and if not, how do they get better protection in terms of what they're doing? Um, so that is the, exactly the mission: is to one check on what people are using and find out and two decide you know how helpful could we be to offer a license of the best patent out there for for blockchain technology when i initially spoke to constantine he wanted to keep this hidden this operation hidden but fly under I mean, the radar fly yeah, under the way radar. under the radar be this kind of like the enigma the enigmatic person in the back room smoking a cigar no one knows who you are and you sell the company mm -hmm. for a bunch of money but we realized that we had to create a nice, you know, LinkedIn presence. We had to build a proper team. So we brought Alan, which is incredible. He's all the experience in the world. We're learning from him every single day. And uh, we're going to kind of expand more as we do this. There's a lot of different verticals to enter and there's a lot of different ways to enter them, right? Like we're currently considering um, a potential of a software partner that could be an avenue to do this. Or obviously uh, companies can do this internally. You know, a lot of companies don't want to use third parties, so they want to do yeah. this internally, especially if we're talking about governments. Some of this technology is kind of hard to implement. So having, you know, a trusted software partner could come in handy. Uh, but we're exploring that. It's still early days. Having said that, like if you read a lot of the biographies about the biggest companies in the world, things take time. You know, this isn't something that these patents took a long time to get approved. Constantine is constantly gently nagging us to kind of get going on this. But it's a process. He's been working just on it. Just a little bit. Just a yeah, little bit. for close to six to seven yeah. years. And me and Al are here to take this to market. It's a really exciting time. There's a lot of nice synergy in the blockchain space, right? With a lot of these big companies. 44 out of the top 100 companies in the world, if you look at revenue, um, are utilizing blockchain technology in some way. So there's a lot of space for us to swiftly move in there over time as we grow, we think. Yeah, if you guys are looking to develop out a software solution for some of these patents, or if you want to do it in-house, or you want to contract the work and you want to explore that option, I know a lot of uh, really good software development companies within the Web3 space that might be able to help you guys kind of explore some of those ideas, if that's a direction you guys want to take a look at. Yeah, there's definitely um, companies, as, as Sam said, that want to do it in-house. And there's companies that want to outsource and, and you know, we've got to delineate between the two. If we've got a situation where we can license the patent to a company and they say to us, hey, we need to develop this application, then yes, Brendan, I think some help there from you and some contacts you guys have would be very helpful in having that application development company available, maybe a partnership agreement of some kind where they could be the developer and the, uh, the, the deliverer and the, you know, the uh, managing of the app for, for a client. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question regarding, you know, building out solutions for this or even licensing out the patents at some point. Do you, you guys take into consideration the regulatory environment and framework that exists? Like, let's take the U.S. market, for example. Does that affect any of the patents you guys have secured over time or anything 
that you'd want to get to market at some point? I know it's really fuzzy right now in the U.S. market and everyone's packing up and leaving and everyone's in court getting sued and, and fighting each other. Um, is there any concern put, there? No. Like, very simply put, we're not a cryptocurrency. We're not involved in the cryptocurrency. That's the one thing I stayed away from. I wanted nothing to do with the cryptocurrency aspect of it uh, with regards me creating a cryptocurrency per se to sell because I'm not in the business of creating a security. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to go through the headaches of uh, trying to get regulatory approval for something that could may or may not pass muster. What I wanted to do was provide a solution to the everyday problems, everyday people face. And that is identity theft, um, the KYC process regarding banking. Um, when you go see a landlord, you know, uh, what's your history? You know, are you have you got good payment history? Uh, the insurance industry where people in the old days, I'm old enough to remember this. You guys aren't. Uh, they disappear their cars because they would make more money off of the insurance companies than they would if they just sold their cars. Uh, but with the e-key system, for instance, every time you go near your car, there's a, it picks up the signal that can't be uh, pirated. And it says, okay, uh, Joe Schmo was near the car at this time, at this date. He took it out for this period of time and returned it back to its uh, residence. Now, with that in mind, insurance companies have more peace of mind when uh, they give insurance out to individuals that they're not going to scheme them, you know, scam them for lack of a better word to collect insurance uh, premiums on their vehicles. Uh, there's so many uses for this, for these patents that they trans, they go over any and all industry borders. There's no limitation. Your, your imagination is the limit. So as long as you have an imagination, there is no limit to where you could implement these patents. Yeah, it's important to note, too, that the, these are U.S.-issued omnibus patents, but they are actually pending in different parts of the world. So we're going um, internationally. Yeah. Whatever the sanctions on the U.S., it, it mostly right now involves cryptocurrency, but we're going to overseas to Europe, to Japan, to Australia, to many different Korea. places. Where, yeah, where they're already utilizing ecosystems in their um, IT infrastructures that are somewhat more evolved than in the U.S., right? Advanced, I would say. Yeah, so if we look at an interesting example of a thing is looking at Estonia, right? Right. So Estonia, quite a while ago, implemented a blockchain system for their government. So they're saving roughly 2% GDP per year with this system. So they're way ahead of the curve, so to speak, uh, you know, versus the U.S. and Canada. But we're, we're looking to be one of the firms to help change that because we do think it can save governments and citizens a lot of headaches, you know, a lot of confusion security problems and, and money importantly too right? uh look at the 2000 uh what is it uh, the the election the discrepancies that were brought up if you were to implement this and people's identity when they voted there would be no discrepancies there would be a clear-cut winner and loser of the election there wouldn't be any postulations of he cheated or he didn't again there is no limitation to what we can implement this technology into yeah, it's it's really interesting, like even applied to like voting, like you mentioned, too. Um, you know, we've explored that a little bit in Columbia here where I live. And it's um, you know, there's a lot of great solutions that can be applied and that can come out of this. Um, what markets do you, I know you guys said that, you know, these patents, 
originating in the U.S., but they're omnibus and they can be pretty much used anywhere. But is there a certain market you want to focus in on or do you want to focus in on emerging markets like you mentioned, uh, Estonia or or elsewhere? Um, is there any plan to that or is it just kind of playing as it goes? I think I think to, to jump in on that one, uh, Brandon, there, it's a horizontal market. So it's really a question of, of focus. And, and who are the, the leading edge type of organizations or vendors, if you will, that, you know, uh, for example, it's public knowledge. As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, Microsoft filed, I think, 78 or 82 patents on blockchain alone since 20, uh, 2019. So when these large vendors are, are starting their process to, to re-engineer their, their environments and to bring those services to their clients, you know, they're, they're really are on the leading edge. Uh, and those are sort of the target areas we want to go after, whether it's vendors or, or government agencies or uh, enterprise, you know, companies. Got it. I'd say, I'd say there's a primary focus right now, Brandon, in Canada and the U.S. We see countries like Saudi Arabia, you know, really leading the charge, like creating specific zones and creating these huge kind of country-led think tanks in blockchain technology. So maybe eventually we'll kind of go over there. But I think first we do want to focus on these large corporations that Al talked about, and especially the government of Canada, the U.S. government too, I think are, are prime kind of targets right now. I think we can help them probably the most, I would say. Agreed. Got it. Well, what's the next step for you guys um, for Silicab? Is it, you know, just continuing what you're doing right now? Or do you have like a, a roadmap in place of maybe what you guys want to accomplish, you know, going through the rest of 2023? Uh, if I could, and we're getting close to the end of the show here, so I'll maybe do a, a quick summary. Um, it really is identifying that that top top 10% of prospects, if you will, that are in that leading edge uh, and, and already investing in blockchain technology and blockchain solutions and uh, and using whatever patents they've filed and received already to the best of their knowledge. And we want to help them understand where they can better their protection, better their capability to serve their clients by using our, you know, our patents. So it's uh, it is it is a, a focused effort, as Sam said uh He's been six months with the Constantine. I've probably only been about four months. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just getting out of the gate as far as the, the direction. We're, we're continuously go. evolving. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. It's, it's been very fascinating learning about what you guys are doing with these patents and, you know, the way that you guys can license them out and help build out some really unique and awe-inspiring solutions that I think will be very good for um, not just markets, but people in general. You know, we mentioned everything from applications to auto, applications to voting, applications to healthcare. Um, it, it's security. <laughs> you yeah, name it, pretty much it's everything. <laughs> yeah, it's everything. Um, yeah, so I was, I was going to – what do you want to leave the audience with? Do you want them to go to check out Silicab? Do you want them to – you want to direct them anywhere in particular um what, what would you like them to do what action i would say I would, yeah. to start at our linkedin page yeah. silicab corp s-i-l-a-k-a-b corp c-o-r-p dot so check out our page we started streaming content well not streaming content putting content out a while ago you can connect with us on there um you could also reach me at sam at silicab.com that's my email 
So for all kind of business inquiries, obviously there's ways to reach Al and Constantine. Al, you can let them know how to reach you. Yes, I have a similar Silicab email. I just can't remember, Constantine, is it is it Al or Alan? Al, Al. <laughs> it's no. just Al. Okay, there you go. Al I, I just got it. I think it's Al Lapine. We'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out. But it's, Sam, Al Lapine. Sam, it's Al Lapine at silicab.com. You, you just go. got it. You just He's a busy guy. You just got I it. literally got it a few days ago, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send me over your guys' uh, contact information and emails. I'm sure there's a lot of people that will see this that might want to reach out to you guys directly and see if there's some potential collaboration or ways to work together, maybe from a software standpoint, maybe from a – uh, building out an application, corporate, B2B, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, send over that information. And if you guys need anything from me as well, if there's someone I can help you get connected with um, as well within the industry, especially in the US, um, you know, hit me up anytime. Appreciate it, Brandon. Very much appreciate it. Thank that you. was great. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks, of everybody. Course.